This is another one of those things. Don't pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. You know, like Wizard of Oz, I've got a different message for you. Uh, we're going to get to this one in a few weeks, but the title of my message this, this morning, since we had our Back to Sunday School, the title of my message this morning is School is Cool. And it's coming from Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, starting a series this morning entitled Being the Church. And it's going to be, Lord willing, uh, six-week study. This morning, we're going to be talking about Sunday School. Next week, I'm sorry? Oh, I'm sorry, Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Next week, hopefully, Lord willing, we're going to be talking about why we exist. And what I'm talking about, why we exist, I'm talking about our church, the mission of our church. If you look on the front of your bulletin, if you've got a bulletin, it says, Victory Baptist Church exists to love, reach, teach, empower, and serve people in the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to be talking about that next week. And then for the next three weeks after that, we're going to be talking about three important aspects of every Christian's life as far as stewardship goes. One week we're going to be talking about being good stewards of our time. The next week we're going to be talking about being good stewards of our talents. In other words, the gifts that God gives us. The week after that we're going to be, and I may have to mix this up because some of you guys, if you hear the order I'm doing it, you might not show up that Sunday. But the Sunday after that we're going to be talking about our treasures. Being faithful with the finances that God blesses us with. And then we're going to finish it up with a message we see right here. Living uh, that, that we live what we believe. But this morning, school is cool. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. If you're physically able, out of reverence to God's Word, if you'd stand, please. And in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, we read this, and Jesus spoke to them. Now keep in mind, this is after He was crucified and He's been resurrected and He's walking with the disciples. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to Me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. May God bless us by the reading and the hearing, but most especially the doing of His Word. You may be seated. Now, right at the outset, I want us to realize, and you guys probably know this by now, as many times as I've referenced this verse, this passage, Jesus was not just speaking to the disciples here or the people that were within earshot. Jesus was speaking to them, but He was also speaking to every Christian that was going to come after them. It wasn't just the disciples that were responsible for teaching and for witnessing. It wasn't just for a select few, it's not just for the pastor, it's not just for the Sunday school teacher, but the Great Commission was given to each and every Christian. Now, one of the most effective ways we do this is through the Sunday school. The philosophy of our Sunday school here at Victory is threefold, to teach people, to reach people, and to minister to people in the name of Jesus Christ. And I just want to to touch on that this morning, because I want us to see really that Again, it's not just up to the Sunday school teachers to do that, but it's up to each and every member of the Sunday school class. It's up to each and every member of the church to have a mindset to do these things 
for God's glory and to build the kingdom. And I'll also say this as an aside. We're having our ministry fair. I'm going to try to cut, try to cut this short this morning so we can get down to our ministry fair. But we're going to have table, we've got tables set up downstairs with just about all the ministries we have at the church. And I'm encouraging everybody to get down there to check out the tables. And if there's a ministry that you're interested in, there's going to be a sign up sheet there for you to sign up. And the head of that ministry is going to get in, in touch with you. What we do here in Sunday school, reach, teach, and minister to people can also be done to certain extents through these other ministries that we have downstairs. So you can take your pick today. Look through three ways of looking at this, either through the eyes of Sunday school, the eyes of, a, of, a, of an individual Christian, or through the eyes of somebody that's going to be ministering, that's going to be serving in one of those ministries downstairs. But first and foremost, the aim of Sunday school is to reach people. You know, we... I don't like to brag on the Baptist. You've heard me say that before. If I'm going to brag on anybody, I'm going to brag on Jesus Christ because there's too many Baptists in jail and too many Baptists in hell to be bragging on the Baptist. So if I'm going to brag, I'm going to brag about Jesus. But I will say this about, about us Baptists. We were instrumental in the Sunday school movement when it started out some 150, almost 200 years ago. But the goal of Sunday school back in the day was reaching people. Sunday school originally was the evangelistic arm of the church. People invited folks to come to Sunday school, and that's where they learned about, about Jesus and, and had the opportunity, had many opportunities to give their life to them. And I want us to realize this morning that Sunday school and all of our other ministries are not programs. If you walk up to me and say, Pastor John, what kind of programs do you have at Victory? I'm going to look at you like I don't know what you're talking about. Because we do not have programs here. We have got ministries. Sunday school is not a program. It's a ministry. Sunday school is the church organized to do the work that we read about right here in the Great Commission. Sunday school should not be about it. And, and even though we Baptists were good at, were instrumental in, in, in building it up, I think we Baptists were also instrumental in tearing it down and getting away from its proper meaning. Because Sunday school isn't meant just to be a place where we go and we sit soaking sour while the Sunday school teacher lectures to us. Sunday school was started as, again, the evangelistic arm of the church. And if you think about it, the Sunday school class is a miniature congregation and the teacher or the leader of the Sunday school class is a, to quote a movie in recent years, a mini-me. The teachers, are many, the teachers are many pastors, if you think about it. Because that Sunday school teacher is responsible for the overall well-being of their flock, the folks that are, that are in that Sunday school class. It's, whether you realize it or not, Sunday school is the largest ministry of our church. There's no other ministry in our church that has as many active participants as Sunday school does. Whether you count teachers, whether you count students, whether you, whether you combine them. And that's from cradle to the grave, from the nursery up until Willie's class, where I think it goes from about 40 or 50-something to the point where when you graduate, you're going to heaven. You know, it's the most, it's, it's the biggest ministry we've got. Now, if Sunday school doesn't reach people, the whole school, the whole church suffers. If, if we as students in Sunday school classes, if we as teachers don't have a heart to reach people for Jesus Christ, the whole church is going to suffer. 
Yeah, we'll get folks to come in because of the internet. We'll get people to come in because of word of mouth. But the word of mouth isn't isn't going out, I guess the best way to put it, as strongly as it could be if we had members of the Sunday school doing it. In reaching people, we want to we want to realize that relationships are the key. Two of the top reasons people attend Sunday school are for the Bible study and for the relationships. Guys, particularly where we live, because we live in such a transient area. How many of you guys right now are in the military? Raise your hand. How many of you guys probably in three... Figures the one day I ask them to raise their hands, there's not a whole lot of active duty military here today. How many of you within probably three or four years' time are going to be gone because of transfers? You know, just about everybody. That's why, especially at a church like ours, relationships are so important because we've got guys and gals, we've got families coming in that have left their families at home, wherever that might be. They're at a duty station where, where unless they know folks that they've served with before, they really don't know anybody. They're looking for a place to belong. They're looking for a place to connect. They're looking for a place where people are like-minded like them. And, and so we don't want Sunday school to be just a place where you come on Sunday morning for, for a, an hour or so before church and then you leave and you don't have anything to do with each other outside of church. Sunday school, uh, we, we want not only to teach the Word of God, but we want, to, we want to build relationships. Because we live in a world where there's little or no interpersonal contact in an intentional, healthy way. Yeah, we have personal contact with people on 95 and, and 610. You know, when they cut us off or somebody hits us in the back of the ankles with a grocery cart at Walmart or somewhere like that. But oftentimes those aren't healthy, you know, relationships. Most relationships that people have today are either work-related or they have no, no, no related at all. There's no contact. And it's amazing because with all the devices we've got today to communicate, we live in a, in a world today, we live in a society where people feel more lonely and more isolated than they ever have. I mean, we've got telephones, we've got cell phones, we've got computers, we've got, and on the computers, you know, we've got Twitter, we've got Facebook, we've got all these things that are supposed to connect us, but really when you get right down to it, we're just as isolated now, if not more so than we've ever been. And people are looking for relationships. There's no closeness, no family-type relationships or friend-type relationships going on, and that's one of the reasons people come to Sunday school. To hear the Word of God and to build friendships and relationships. Because people are looking today for a sense of belonging. We're no longer a society that's born, raised, live and die in the same place. I was home this week for several days. My mom fell and broke her shoulder and I appreciate the, the, the calls and the prayers and the emails to find out how she's doing. She's doing well. The, word, the, the hardest part for her is she broke her left shoulder and she's left-handed. So she's having kind of a hard time getting around. But over the course of the few days I was there, I saw maybe three people that I grew up with in high school. Because even though we come from a small town, there haven't been jobs there in years, and most folks graduate from high school and they move away. 
And that's the way it is with most of society today. So people are looking for a sense of belonging, and the church gives that sense of belonging. We all belong to Christ. We belong to the family of God. I've even told our folks here, if you're here today and you're a newer or a first-time guest, we may have folks walking through this door, and they're not even looking for Jesus. They're looking for somewhere to belong. And as we take them in and as we love them, if they don't know Christ, hopefully they're going to see the love of Jesus in us. And they're going to come to know Christ. And they'll belong not just to a bunch of folks that they, that they, they want to hang with, but they'll also belong as, learn to belong as, part of, as a believer. As somebody who's come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. We need to remember that in Sunday school or whatever we do, we're called to reach out relationally, intentionally, evangelistically with the gospel of Christ. The, one of the main goals of Sunday school is reaching people. Secondly, it's teaching people. We're called, and even in the other ministries, as we get opportunities, we're called to teach the Word of God. Because there's nothing other than the Word of God that's going to win people to Jesus Christ. Pastor John's a great guy. isn't going to do anybody a bit of good. But we've got a great dynamic church you know, you, you need to come. That's not going to win anybody to Jesus Christ. It's teaching them the Word of God. Because the Bible tells us that it's the gospel of Christ that's the power of God unto salvation. We need to teach the Word of God. We need to teach words that heal and minister to people. There's a hurting world out there. There's a hurting world right here in this church. And I've told you guys before, and again today, if you're here new, I hope this doesn't shock you, but every problem the world's dealing with out there, we're dealing with right in here. The only difference is as we deal with it in here, we're dealing with it in love. We're dealing, we're dealing with it with an attitude of, of, of restoration. We're dealing with it with an attitude of grace. I'm not saying we, 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 we skim over or, or we ignore sin. But what I'm saying is, is that we're all somewhere or another in the same boat. And we're helping each other to become who God wants us to be in Christ. And sometimes that means dealing with problems. You know, if you're looking, whether, you, whether you've been here for a long time or you're, you're new, if you're looking for a squeaky clean church, this ain't it. You know, and I like to relate it to fishing. How many, how many guys fish? How many people fish? How many times have you been fishing and the fish just hop into the boat, they're all gutted, they're all boned, they're all filleted, and ready to go. Doesn't happen, does it? That's the same way church is. We're fishers of men and women and boys and girls, but we've got to remember when they get in our boat, it can be dirty, stinky, slimy, and God is going to use us to help clean them up to bring them to where God wants them to be. So the Word of God, as we teach the Word of God, it brings healing. It brings restoration to people. You know, the world, the common belief in the world today is we'll just deal with it. Well, many can't just deal with it. And nobody should have to just deal with it by themselves. We're called as the body of Christ to walk with each other, to, to lift each other up, to carry each other, to bear one another's burdens when it needs to be done. And we do that best in the context of Sunday school. You know, Jesus said, Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, and you'll find rest for your souls. 
the rest that we find often comes through the people that you can look around and see right now. Because as the church, we're called to be Jesus in the flesh for each other. We're to teach words that heal, teach the Word of God, teach words that have the power to change lives. In Psalm 40, verses 2 and 3, it reads, God has established my steps and He has put a new song into my mouth. The man at the temple, if you remember, Jesus healed him. And the religious leaders asked, what happened? He said, I don't know. All I can do is tell you this. I once was blind, but now I see. The words of God bring the power to change lives. And, and teaching people, in teaching, we also teach words that help the disciple people. In Sunday school, we can mentor and multiply believers and workers and turn them loose to do the same thing. Right back here at verses 19 through 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, teaching them to observe all the things I've commanded you. We're called to multiply ourselves and to teach people so that they can go out. You remember, and I use this as an example many times, you probably remember. Remember that old commercial for the shampoo? And the girl said something like, well, what if you went out and told two friends, and she told two friends, and she told two friends, and all, it, all of a sudden it went from one person on the screen to the whole screen was filled up with like 50 or, I might be dating myself, 50 or 60 people. That, that's what we're called to do as Christians, and that's what we best do through Sunday school is mentoring and multiplying workers so that we can turn them loose to go out and serve God. Because whether you realize it or not, folks, God did not call you to victory or to any other church just to sit soaking sour in a pew for an hour or if you're really dedicated for two hours by going to Sunday school class and go, oh, Brother Willie, Brother Victor, that was a great, that was a great lesson. Or Pastor John, that was a great message. And you leave and have nothing to do with the church or with God for the rest of the week. Sunday school and church is where we come to learn and to get our batteries recharged so we can go out into the world and do the work of the gospel. So we need to teach words that can, that can help disciple. Preaching people, teaching people, and then finally ministering to people. One of the, the areas, again, that's best served through Sunday school. I don't know all the problems that everybody has. I don't know anything unless, unless somebody comes and tells me. And one of the things that might sound weird but, but is encouraging to me now is I'm hearing of things that are going on where people are having needs and having problems and those needs and problems are being met by the Sunday school and I don't even know what's going on until after it's happened. I had somebody about a year ago call me up and say, Pastor John, I just wanted to thank you. And I'm like, well, thank me for what? And the fellow was like, well, I was in Sunday school class this morning and I was sharing a need that I had. I won't go into detail about the need. Sharing about a need my family and I had. And by the afternoon, a couple of folks from the Sunday school class came by and helped us out. And I don't have that need anymore. I'm like, well... You're welcome, but you don't need to thank me because I didn't have any clue about it. It was taken care of in the Sunday school class. Not that I don't want to know about it, but I'm just saying that to give you an example as to how an effective Sunday school class works. Needs are met there. We minister to people. Everybody wants to attend a dynamic, vital, world-changing church. They want to attend a church that's got all the bells and all the whistles, but yet they say they want a small church. We keep, as our church grows in numbers, we keep our church small through the context of Sunday school. 
crowd like we've got today. There's no way the average person average person is going to know every single name here and know the needs of every single person sitting here. But yet within the context of a small group of Sunday school, the groups are small enough where you can learn everybody's name. Kind of like I used to love cheers back in the younger days. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. You know, they should have wrote that about the church. That's a shame it was written about a fictitious bar. It should have been written about the church. You know. But that happens in the within the context of Sunday school. You build relationships with each other. You get to know, you know, hey, you, you know, how, how things going with, with with your son Joe, or or you know, I, I heard your mom fell and broke her shoulder. You know, what what how's she doing? Or you know, heard you I heard you out of work. How are things going? What can we do to help you out? That comes through the Sunday school class. And folks, we need to realize, uh, well, well, there's eight reasons why, why ministering to people is important. I'm going to try to cut this short. First and foremost, and, and, and I'm talking here mainly again through the Sunday school class, ministering to people through Sunday school, but it can apply to these other ministries too. Eight reasons why ministering to people is important. Number one, every believer needs to, asso- needs to associate with other believers. God's not called any of us to be Lone Rangers. You show me a Lone Ranger Christian, and I'm not being judgmental here, but you show me a Lone Ranger Christian, I have 99.9% chance I can show you something wrong with their walk. Because God's Word commands us to associate with each other, to be with each other. Everybody needs to associate with other believers. Again, the world's tough, and we're called to bear one another's burdens, to encourage each other when they're depressed, to praise God with each other in the good times, to weep with each other in the bad times. You cannot successfully and obediently live the Christian life without the fellowship of other believers. Second, everybody needs encouragement to grow grow spiritually. As we walk this road together, we see how to live out the principles of the Scriptures in our lives. Not perfectly, but with a desire to be perfect. We, we'll see in other... We've all got different strengths and different weaknesses, but as we associate with each other, we'll see people that have got the strengths we know that we're weak in, and we'll see them walking out the Christian life and can emulate them as they try to emulate Christ. Again, not perfectly, because as we look at somebody, we shouldn't be looking to them, we should be looking through them to Jesus. But within the context of small groups or Sunday school, we can get that encouragement to grow, to grow spiritually. And also, thirdly, it ties into it, every, we learn from each other. We learn and gain insights not only about the Scriptures, but about the trials and lessons of life by interacting with each other. You know, I'm really careful about telling somebody, I understand what you're going through if I've never walked in your shoes. We've got people in our church family that have lost children. I've never lost a child. I can't go up to you and say, you know what, I understand what you're going through. I've never been divorced. So I couldn't tell somebody, I understand what you're going through. I've never dealt with cancer. So I'm not going to walk up to somebody and say, hey, I know what you're going through. But we've got people in our church that that have experienced those things. And though each and every circumstance, though they might be common or individual, people that have walked the road that you're walking now, 
can come alongside you and minister to you and help you with what you're dealing with. Maybe not exactly, but they've got a good enough idea of what you're dealing with because they've, because they've been there. We learn from each other. You know, fourthly is what Jesus would do. We see all through the Scriptures Jesus ministering to people. Pain and hurt are part of the human experience, but they're also part of the Christian experience. And we're called to show the love of Jesus Christ, especially when people are hurting. We're to show love, the love of Jesus to a hurting, dying world. The, G- the Bible speaks of Jesus looking over the multitude and having compassion on them. We need to have the same compassion, the same love that Jesus has. We need to be like the Good Samaritan when nobody else had, would have anything to do with that man that was laying by the side of the road, beaten and bruised and battered and left for dead, when his own people wouldn't even have anything to do with him because they were afraid they were going to defile themselves. An unclean Samaritan came and he showed that man the love of Jesus Christ and took care of him and took care of his needs. We're called to minister to people. And folks, I can't know what you're dealing with unless you tell me. And when you tell me, chances are what I'm going to do is I'm going to help you as much as I can, but I'm going to turn your Sunday school class or a Sunday school class, if you're not attending right now, that's age appropriate, I'm going to turn them loose for them to help you too. Because that's what we're called to do, is to minister to each other. Fifthly, there's power through the Sunday school, through ministering to people when we pray together. Now, I'm not going to ask you to turn there now, but you can read about it in 1 John 5.14 in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. You know, one of the things... I don't say this a whole lot, but I'm going to share one of my pet peeves with you guys today. One of my pet peeves as a pastor is when people have the attitude, well, you know what, I don't... I'd rather just come to church to, 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 to listen to the preaching or to listen to the music or to listen to the singing because I can pray on my own. Folks, when you have that attitude, do you realize you're being disobedient? Because the Bible, and I've tried sharing this before, the Bible clearly states that there are times for individual prayer and there are times for corporate prayer. And there's just something about the power of God working through corporate prayer when a bunch of believers get together. I'm telling you right now, if you're not coming to our Wednesday night prayer meetings, you're missing out on a blessing because we are starting, we're starting, I think we're running 14, 15, 16 people now. Whereas about three or four months ago, we were lucky if we had five. But, but more than the numbers... It's seeing these people come together and praying. We're starting to see the power of God work. Sunday school attendance this morning. All those kids going down to children's church just now. The number of folks in this congregation right now, I'm telling you, and I'm not stammering or stuttering, is coming because of what's been going on on Wednesday night. As we have been praying to God to do a great work in this church. There's something about corporate prayer. And our Sunday school classes have times during the class where they get together to pray together. Six, it gives a strong witness to the world as we minister to each other. We make time for the things that are important to us. And as our friends and neighbors and our relatives see us coming to church, see us coming to Sunday school, see us ministering to people that are in need, they're going to see Jesus Christ in the flesh when they look at us. 
Not perfect, but they're going to see Christ in the flesh as they see us trying to live out the gospel. Keep in mind, none of us are going to live out the gospel perfectly. We're all going to stumble and fall. But it's not the fact that we stumble and fall. What's important is the fact that we try to show the love. We try to live what we believe. Seventh, we're responsible to other believers. One of the reasons folks don't like to come to church and some don't even like to come to Sunday school is I don't want to be held accountable to anybody. Who are you to tell me what to do? But see, the thing of it is, if we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, we are our brother and our sister's keeper. And we're accountable to each other. Not so we can beat each other down with the Bible. you know. Not so I can go, go up to Victor one Sunday and say, Man, I saw you with a six-pack and a strange woman at, at, at Food Line. You, you're, 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 you're going to hell. And beat him over the head with the Bible. And he is. And I just use him as an example. Okay? <laughs> but see, we don't, we don't confront people like that. But rather, if, if, if we see somebody in that stumbling and falling, in love we get them aside, the Bible tells us, and say, man, you, you, you know you shouldn't be doing this. You know this is against God's Word and it's against God's will for your life. What can I do to help you? What can I do to help you get through this? What can we as a Sunday school help do to help you get through this? What can we as a church do to help you get through this? What can we do to put you on the right track? Is it, is it a matter of, and guys, some of, some of our finance committee people might, might, might be shocked when I say this, but I'm the type of, type of pastor where if we see somebody in our congregation that's got a need for, for something like that, say, that, say they're dealing with alcohol or drugs or, or bulimia, anorexia, and they got to get professional counseling because we can't do it. I'm all for us as the body of Christ, at the very least, helping those people financially with the counseling they need to get because it's that important. Because we're the body of Christ. And we're called to minister to each other. And we're called to be accountable to each other. And part of being accountable, again, isn't to beat people over the head or to ostracize them, but to bring about restoration. And to strengthen them and, and, and to lift them up. And I kind of tied that, I said eight, but I really got into my last point there. We're to hold each other accountable. You know, I, I'm the type of pastor where if you catch me preaching something wrong, I don't have a problem with you coming up to me and say, Pastor, you've got to explain this to me because I, I think you got it wrong. I'd appreciate it if you didn't go, oh, 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 in the middle of the message. And go, hey, you messed that up, buddy. But, but come to me aside and say, Pastor, can you explain this to me? Now, this is what you said. Is this what you meant? You know, and, and if I'm wrong, I'm willing the next Sunday to stand up and say, hey, you know what? I was wrong. An example I'll give you. A while back, we, we were talking about faith. We were talking about something. I but it had to do with faith. And I was talking about medicine. Most of you guys know that, that I, I've been diagnosed with clinical depression. And I made this statement that I was trying to... I had just felt like maybe I needed to try to wean myself off of it. That, that, that I, I needed to come before God and say, God, would you, would you handle this and do something? I had a couple people come up to me afterwards that next week say, Pastor, are you telling us that if we're on medication, we need to get rid of it or we don't have faith? No, that is not what I'm saying. Because there are instances where God 
God gave us doctors. God gave us medicine to take care of things. Now, the latest update on that is I did a little bit better, but between Tammy and I praying about it and discussing it, and my doctor and I praying about it and discussing it, I still have enough, had enough edge on me where, where the three of us figured, you know what, you need to get back on, you need to be taking your medication. So see, somebody asked me about it. It took me a couple months to remember it and get around to it, but yeah, I'm willing, I'm willing to be corrected because my desire is to teach you properly in the Word of God, not just teach you what I think because what I think in a buck fifty will get you a cup of coffee at 7-Eleven. You know, that's about it. We're called to be accountable to each other, but not to beat each other up, down, but to lift each other up. We're called to reach people through Sunday school and our other ministries. We're called to teach people through Sunday school and our other ministries. We're called to minister to people through Sunday school and our other ministries. And I'll close with this. If you're not involved in Sunday school, you should be. I say this many times. If you've got to make a decision between do I come to worship service? Hopefully you don't have to make that choice. But if it's a choice between... I can either come to worship service or I can come to Sunday school. I can't do both. I'll tell you forever today, pick Sunday school. Because Sunday school, again, is where you can ask questions, you can discuss, you build relationships, you hold each other accountable, you lift each other up, you bear one another's burdens. And that's where I believe we grow the most in Sunday school. Yes, I'd like to think I'll preach some wondrous messages. You know, and people walk out of here and I'm going to be Jesus in the flesh the rest of the week. You know, because the pastor preached such a powerful message. But I know better than that. I go home and, <laughs> and Tammy's like, that message you preached today, yeah, it was pretty good. Well, thank you, but are you living it? Okay. You know, touche. I get it every once in a while. But it's where we build the relationships and we grow in Christ. And we grow as people and we grow as a church family. When I first got here, there's only a few of you folks that were here when I first got here, I originally started out by calling us a team. I think the only time I even mentioned team is when we pray up here. We'll pray and I'll go, go team, like we're breaking the huddle. But folks, we're not a team. We're called to be a family. Everybody in the family is vital. Everybody in the family is important. And the only way we can reach you and teach you and minister to you, not the only way, but the way we can reach you and teach you and minister to you best is through Sunday school. And so I really want to encourage you this morning, if you're not going, get involved. Start going. And uh, just, I'd even challenge you to do it for three months. And if you don't feel like you're further along in your walk with God, if you don't feel like you've built some relationships, you know, that, that you'll find out, man, how have I lived without this for so long? Then come up to me and say, Pastor, I tried it for three months and it just didn't work for me. And I'll write you a little slip, excuse from Sunday school. There you go. You know. But you won't know until you try. Won't know until you try. I really don't have a big invitation this morning because it really wasn't a salvation message, but I will say this, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, 
All the Sunday school classes in the world aren't going to help you. God's not going to judge you one day by having... We, we Baptists, and I'm sure some churches still do it, used to give out perfect attendance pins. And I've seen folks that have got like a string of Sunday school pins like that. But folks, all the Sunday school pins in the world, all the, all the times you attended Sunday school in the world, all the times you attended church in the world, isn't going to do you a bit of good when you stand before God one day if you don't know His Son, Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a time in your life where you've acknowledged the fact that you're a sinner? When you've acknowledged the fact that you've disobeyed God with your thoughts, your words, or your deeds, realize that you are under, that you are under God's judgment and turn from your sin and turn to Jesus and ask Him to forgive you of your sins and become your Lord and Savior. Because that's what salvation's all about. It's not about coming to church. It's not about being a Baptist. It's about turning from your old life Turn into Jesus Christ. If you've never done that this morning, I'll ask everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. And I'm going to just lead you in a prayer this morning. Keep in mind the prayer doesn't save you. The prayer is the tool, the vehicle you use to speak your mind to God. But if it's your desire this morning to come to know Christ as Lord and Savior, just say this prayer with me. Say something like this. Heavenly Father, I realize this morning I'm a sinner. That means I've done things to disobey you with my thoughts, my words, my actions. And Father, I'm sorry for that. God, I want to change, but I know I can't do it on my own. Father, I realize this morning that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross to take my place. I realize he shed his blood to cover my sins. And right here and right now, though I don't understand everything, based on my faith in you and my faith in your word, I turn from my sin and I turn to Jesus. I ask him to forgive me of my sins and to become my Lord and Savior. And I promise to live for Him in love in the rest of my life. Father, thank You for this gift. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. We're going to have a hymn of invitation here in a second. If you made that decision for Jesus, I'd ask you to get up out of your pew and come forward just to share with me. You gave your life to Christ. Might be other needs. Pastor, I'm a Christian, but I feel like I've, I've backslidden and God's calling me to publicly rededicate my life. Or, Pastor, I'm a Christian, but I've never followed through in baptism. I want to get baptized in our next baptismal service. Or, Pastor, I've been coming to Victory for some time and I feel like I'm part of the church family, but I want to take that next step. Uh, whatever the need is, we can take care of right here and right now. Heavenly Father, this invitation is Yours and we have worked in the hearts and souls and minds of people. I pray You give them the strength to act on what You've told them. And we'll give You all the praise and honor and glory. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand, please. Thanks,